0: So in October and November this year, we've been enjoying together, looking at the topic of spiritual disciplines on Sunday mornings, Monday evenings and Thursday afternoons as well. Our great concern has been, how do we become spiritually fit? What are the key actions for us to ensure that we have personal spiritual growth? And today's the last day that we'll be looking at it. And so we're going to be looking at, just like Fiona said, the the topic of celebration. We often celebrate important events in our lives and of those we know. And sometimes it's really easy to celebrate, isn't it? What about next year, when our Queen celebrates her 70th anniversary, her Platinum Jubilee, of being our Queen? She's brilliant, I think. So I'm going to be celebrating. I'm going to be saying, oh, thank you, God, for our Queen. And, of course, we know it's sad in a way as well because she thinks of her father who died on the same day that she became Queen. Otherwise, she wouldn't have become Queen. What about if a political party that you favour wins a general election? You might celebrate. Or you might go, hmm, like (laughs) Fiona did. If you're reading a book or watching a film... And at the end, they all live happily ever after. You celebrate, don't you? I don't like films where they don't live happily ever after. What about personal celebrations then? Maybe you've passed an exam or you've completed a course. Maybe your son or your daughter has learned to walk or to ride a bike. You celebrate. Maybe you've done something significant at work Or maybe you've just finished reading the Bible from one cover to the next cover, and you're just thinking, Oh, that was brilliant. Oh, tomorrow I can start again. I can celebrate by doing that. We're going to celebrate. Are you good at celebrating? Do you do it regularly? How often do you experience deep joy in your life? Do you share it with others? What about your your, uh, celebratory... No, that's the wrong word. Now, what's the word I'm after? Celebratory. Celebratory. That's it. I've been watching too much from Wales, I think. (laughs) So your celebratory muscles, are they strong? Are they going for it? Mine are, pretty much, most of the time, because I enjoy celebrating. If I sleep through the night until at least 6 o'clock in the morning... I celebrate. I'm really happy about that. Sleeping through till six. Yeah. (laughs) What about celebrating with a meal? If I'm eating a great meal with Jill, I celebrate beforehand because just like today, there's some aroma happening in the house. And afterwards... I celebrate as well. I celebrate when some of my music pupils do well in exams. This last week, I I heard that one person had got a merit and another had got a high distinction. And I thought, yeah, I worked hard like they worked hard. But I celebrated. It was good. In the last few weeks, I've been looking a lot at the 1911 census and the 1939 register of people. Maybe you don't do that sort of thing. But several times, I've literally gone, yes! Definitely that, because I found someone that I've been looking for in a place I didn't expect. But I found them in 1939 or 1911, and it's made me very joyful. I'm pretty joyful anyway, as you know, but it's made me very joyful about that. I've celebrated this week when I've uh, um, I've got together, I've cleared most of the leaves from the garden. I know in two weeks' time, when I do it again, because it will happen again, I'll be celebrating again, because it's a thing that happens regularly, isn't it? Clearing the leaves. I celebrate when I see you become more Christ-like. Because I look at your lives, and I look at my life, and I think, Lord, draw us closer to you. Draw us on, so that we can know you better. There's a lot of celebrations in the Bible, And in April and May next year, we'll be thinking a lot about the Jewish festivals and how they were really good at remembering what God had done for them collectively. And then they celebrated because they were so in awe of what God had done. So in April and May, we'll be looking at lots of celebrations again. When we heard the reading earlier, you'd have thought, ah, maybe you cast your eye down it or you remember it from reading it previously. Maybe you thought, I know what Luke 15 is all about. There's lots of celebration. It's not just a lost son, but also a lost sheep, a lost coin. There's lots of celebration in the Bible. The word celebrate in verse 23 is a word that means having a, a cheery state of mind because you've got an inner state of victory. So you just feel something great is happening. And it doesn't matter about the circumstances. It's that inner triumph you feel. The father in the story was really celebrating. He'd longed for his son to come back. And now he wasn't just celebrating himself, but encouraging his family and his servants and his friends to celebrate as well. I want to be regularly celebrating that people are getting saved from going to hell. We saw two people, four and a half years ago, getting baptized. This baptistry hasn't been opened in the last four and a half years. That doesn't give me celebration. That gives me sorrow. How does it make you feel? People are getting saved and discipled and baptised in some of the other churches in the Neaton. And we know it's up to God about what he wants to do here. But we have a part to play in God's mission, don't we? To tell people about God, to live our lives differently from other people. We all have a significant role to play in telling people about Jesus. On Wednesday, at the prayer meeting, we were thinking how many people we could fit into this room that normally come. Especially if the chairs are a bit closer together. We could easily fit another 50 people in in a service or a meeting. I want to see, like Phyllis prayed already, youngsters coming in. Having fellowship with us. I want to see teenagers coming in and getting saved, and being baptised. I want to see people my age, and older, and a bit younger as well. No matter what they think, however they feel, I want people to come in. We're going to go out. Of course, it's not just us waiting for them to come in. But I long for it. And I want to encourage you to maybe push up your prayer list a bit more. Lord, we long to see more people come in. Yesterday I got a phone call from someone I don't know. Sometimes when I'm just driving the car, the phone will ring and just say hello, how are you, sort of thing in a cheery way. And yesterday this person rang me, who wants me to go round his house tomorrow. And he lives in Weddington, and that's all right. And I said, oh, what is that for then? He says, well, tomorrow, well Monday, it will be so many years since uh, my mom died, but it's her birthday. So I, want, I need someone to come and pray with me, because uh, I, I, I'm just sorrowful, and, and all this sort of thing he was saying. So I'm so keen when someone rings me up, oh, can you come and pray with me? i say, of course I will. And he says, you are a father or something, aren't you? And I, says, I, said, I thought to myself, yeah, I've got a 20-year-old son. But so I said to him, no, but I am a church minister. And all of that. So he was reassured about that. He, I think he was sort of after a Catholic uh, priest or something like that. And he's going to get me instead. <laughs> so, so, so that's going to be good. But tomorrow, yeah, you can pray for me. As I go and pray for this stranger in Weddington, that he'll just have his eyes opened. And sort of as I pray, we can celebrate that. Even though I've gone because his mum's died several years ago, and it's her birthday now, I'm going to say, yes, Jesus can make a difference in your life. And that's what also. It's Advent Sunday today. And for the next four weeks, we're thinking about Jesus' coming. We're thinking about his first coming. Also, we're thinking about his second coming. 1 John 3 1 reminds us about how we're called children of God and that God lavished his love on us. We could celebrate that in various ways, and we'll talk about that in a little while for years and years and years, because Jesus has done something magnificent for us. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. How do we celebrate? How do you celebrate? If you've got a child or someone young in your family, I bet if it's their birthday, you're gonna celebrate with balloons and party games and cake, because that's what often happens, in not If you're a bit older, so I've heard, it's still good to celebrate with cake, but definitely you wouldn't have the balloons and party games, although sometimes it might be a bit of fun just to do that. And again, Fiona's just given me an eyes thinking, Oh, yes. It's, it's Fiona's birthday very soon. Don't forget, go round her house and have some party games with her because now she's, she's well into it. But I know, for me, I celebrate my birthday differently to how I was 40 years ago, 45 years ago, or a bit more, if you like. The thing is, valid and meaningful celebration for children isn't the same for us as adults. And it might be that you consider the way Christians celebrate as singing. And it is, but that's just one way of celebrating. Do you want to look at some more? Okay, I'm gonna show you anyway. How do we celebrate? Music, yes, we've got that. Food, fantastic, we've got some brilliant food later. It's gonna be wonderful i put taking masks off at the time when I was doing this a couple of days ago. I wasn't thinking of these masks, although that's going to be a time of celebrating when we do. I was thinking a way of celebrating is taking our metaphorical masks off, being honest with each other. We can celebrate when we know people that much that we can be truly honest with them. Going the extra mile, embracing a new chapter, being a light to others, being together, listening to others, pursuing excellence in our current skills. All of these are ways we can celebrate. There's a kaleidoscope of ways that we can celebrate, not just with singing. I bet you could think of half a dozen more quite easily. Maybe tell me later because I'd be interested. But all of these things are ways to celebrate What God has done in our lives and how he's changed us already. Fiona, I keep mentioning you today, don't I? I don't know why. But earlier in the service, Fiona was sort of saying something like, why is celebration a discipline? She was sort of saying, well, surely in the book, why is celebration a discipline? Shouldn't it be easy for us? Shouldn't it be like a duck going on the water? just happens although of course they learn how to do it from their mommy don't they we've been uh, studying these different disciplines not to become pious and spiritually elite and to be like modern day pharisees because god doesn't need any of that we've been studying the disciplines to help us in our normal lives to be more close to god to be more intimate in our relationship with god There's no shortcuts. We can't be effective disciples of Jesus. If we pray sometimes. If we go to church. Sometimes. If we read the Bible. Sometimes. If we say no to sin. Sometimes. And we meet with others. Sometimes. Following Jesus doesn't mean we have an on-off switch. Oh, I want to follow God today. Oh, I'm too busy to follow God now. There isn't an on-off switch with following God. It's on. And so that's what we're doing with these disciplines to remind us that we have to actively, intentionally think about it and go and follow God in our normal days of life. I've got an easy life, really, at the moment. I really enjoy what I do during the day. And when Jill comes home, I have a great evening because we enjoy being with each other. And there's no health issues that I have, really. It's easy to celebrate in my circumstances. It's not always been like that for me. And perhaps for you at the moment, it's not like that either. That's why celebration is a discipline. Because whether we feel like it or not, God is calling us to celebrate. It helps us to remember that we need to give God the thanks for what we're doing. Sometimes in our lives we can just go through just making it, oh it's just normal to be really blessed. And you don't think of it as a blessing. But as we live our lives with celebration as a discipline... So we remember to say, yes, God, I thank you. Thank you for where I live. Thank you for the car I have. Thank you that I can have a hot meal today. All these things that some people would love to have. And we've got, maybe, sometimes take for granted. But God is saying, don't take me for granted. Give me thanks. Be disciplined in how you give me thanks. Even in hard times, we can learn to celebrate. I really feel for Margaret at the moment with a family stuck in South Africa. That's difficult. What about maybe another family who has a child who dies? That's really difficult. What about when your partner demands a divorce out of the blue? That happened to me. That was difficult. What about when someone crashes into your car and then drives off and you're not there and you come back to your car and something's dented. That happened to me years ago as well. It was about a month before we got married that someone drove into the car and I had to get a new car door because they just drove off and they didn't let me know. We all have difficult things in our lives, don't we? Perhaps in the Bible, there are many difficult things as well. I wonder how Daniel felt when he was thrown into the den of lions. I bet his mourning wasn't turned into dancing straight away. We'd liked it to be, wouldn't we, when we have difficult things. Oh, I'd love things to get easier. What about Joseph being thrown into prison because of uh, Potiphar's wife's false accusations? We know for certain that Jonah didn't celebrate when God told him to go to Nineveh. But then there's a difficult one. I'm gonna mention it anyway. We know that Paul and Silas in Philippi were thrown into prison. And what were they doing about midnight in the inner prison in stocks or something? This is the day, this is the day. They're just sung in Greek, and I don't know any Greek songs. They sort of go like this, though, won't they, maybe? But not in the stocks. But, oh, where did that come from? But do you know what I mean? They were singing to God. They were praising God in a prison. That's tricky. I'm going to mention Fiona again. I am. I am. I didn't read this until she, asked me to pray, until she asked me to read it. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I even put it here because I was going to mention it. That sometimes our lives are really troubled. But even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. And then the next verse, verse five, because that was verse four. And this doesn't make sense until you really think about it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Naturally speaking, you sort of think, you prepare a table for me 100 miles away from my enemies, because that's where life is easy no sort of uh, horrible things going through your life, but it's just, hey, everything's great. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of being, things being difficult, in the presence of when something happens that just leaves you dumbfounded and think, God, do you care? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Is God asking you to learn how to celebrate even when things are difficult? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, Philippians 4.4. 4. In the Passion Translation it says, Be joyful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. And sometimes I read verses like that. And I'd rather have a pair of scissors than cut them out of the Bible. Because they're difficult. They're a problem sometimes. In the Amplified. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Gladden yourselves in him. Again I say. Rejoice. And I look at different versions of the Bible and I think, right, let's just have a look at the Greek as well and just see what's going on there because I'm interested. And then there's this word, charo. It's all about God's grace, charis, if you remember. To experience, this is the rejoice bit, to experience and be conscious of God's grace. Maybe that's how we can celebrate. Not with joyful songs, Not with saying, yes, I'm going to do wonderful things. Maybe when life is difficult, the best we can do, but still the greatest thing we can do, is to experience and be conscious of God's grace. One of my favourite hymn writers is Fanny Crosby. She was uh, an American songwriter and lived a long time and... uh, about, died about 100 years ago. And of course, most of you all know, she was blind. This is one of her songs. This is my story. Remember, she's blind. This is my song. Praising my savior all the day long. But then saying that wasn't enough. So then she writes it down again, because we sing it twice. So she says again, This is my story. Did I say she's blind? This is my song. Praising my Saviour all the day long. She was celebrating. She had something that most of us would find difficult. And yet, she was celebrating. She knew about God's grace in her life. I want to have God's grace and know God's grace that much that even when difficult things have happened in the past, I say, Lord, I trust you. I know you are faithful. And that's my prayer for all of you, that hard knocks don't drive us away from God, but push us towards him. Oh, yes, we'll go for that. Here's a little bit from 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. We ask you, urge is more like it, that you keep on doing what we told you to do to please God, not in a dogged religious plod, but in a living, spirited dance. God hasn't invited us into a disorderly, unkempt life, but in something beautiful, uh, holy and beautiful, as beautiful on the inside as on the outside. I wonder with all these disciplines then, I've, are you in your life, Just feeling that God is just a religious plod at the moment. And it's just routine. Jesus is calling us to a spirited dance. You might be older than me. I've seen some older people brilliantly dancing. What about younger dancing, I'm doing it behind here so you can't see what I'm doing, but do you know whatever our lives are like whether we want a ballroom type of dance or yeah everything's great kind of Latin dance or whatever, freestyle God is saying to us, come and dance with me use these disciplines not to make a religious religious plod more ploddy but to make it active and beautiful and intimate remember we're here because we want to get spiritually fit and that takes effort that takes discipline, that takes thought that takes action but God wants all of us to come and be with him and to know him better we've looked at lots of disciplines over these last few weeks inward ones outwards and corporate we've thought about meditation prayer fasting study simplicity solitude submission and service and confession worship guidance and today we've thought about celebration all the way through we're thinking that Jesus says come to me and learn the unforced rhythms of grace Matthew 11, 28-30. Sometimes in my life, when I say, to, when people leave me and, and go somewhere else, you know, with park part company. Sometimes I'll say goodbye. But sometimes I'll say, take care. I sometimes stop myself. I don't want to say take care. Because we shouldn't be careful. We should be dancing and enjoying ourselves and and, and having a great time because that's what God is calling us to maybe over the next few weeks if you've got the book dip into it and just see if God is asking you to do something else and to sort of go on with him following Jesus means we take action we have to follow what Jesus says he's not just an advisor or a coach He's our saviour. He's our Lord. So that means we need to love him, be close to him and obey him. Let's together learn about these unforced rhythms of grace. Let's learn how to celebrate and all these other words as well. Let's keep our hearts open to God. Because wherever we go in the world, whether it's just a mile away or several hundred miles away, we can still know god and he is asking us to be close to him he's given us the invitation to follow him not just with a religious plod but in a dance so let's thank god for these disciplines that we've thought about and we're going to pray just now before fiona comes back and helps us to uh, put some of this into order in our lives so lord we do thank you that the invitation is there you want us to come and be with you lord however that happens lord we choose to follow you with all our hearts we want to give you everything lord we want to celebrate not just with songs but to celebrate knowing that you're you're with us and your grace and your love and care is with us as well so lord through our difficult days and through our happy days thank you that you're with us seeing us through seeing us through that valley. Lord, we praise you. Help us, Lord, to live our lives in an excited way, in a celebratory way, getting closer to you. Amen.